My name is Daryl Lamanta. I'm an artist. I'm a DJ. I'm a musician. I'm an organizer and some other things. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Can then I ask you what you're thinking about or what you're using organizing to do or what you're using like what happens when you DJ yeah right uh, I'm in a bit of a recalibrating point at the moment um, I am organizing um, double vision still so that's like um, just kind of like a small sound event mm. that takes place at Verge Gallery in at the University of Sydney mm -hmm. and it's basically like an excuse for me to like put like DIY musicians or experimental musicians in cool. a gallery setting um, and that came about just because I hated going to pubs to see music and dealing with that environment mm. um, and so yeah I was I'm doing that one uh next weekend and uh, it was just kind of put on uh, because the uh, artist from Melbourne, Carly White had asked me but I, I didn't really plan to have a program on mm. um, this year um, because of the recalibrating stage? Yeah, yeah so I wanted to kind of explore like with, with like the past work that I've done like um you know, these there are events that take place, um, and that's kind of its life. Mm. So I wanted to explore um, what it could be like if um, Double Vision took on the form of like being a record label, oh, that's cool. um, and just like uh, cassettes, like release cassettes and, and things like that. And yeah, like because I have been becoming more interested in doing interviews with these artists and having writing um, because yeah like I don't know venue situation in Sydney is dire pretty dire yeah. and you know not having space is like always going to be a struggle but also not having like only being able to exist as like bit to perform at an event is like as well it's like you've got an art practice that can be documented and mm. and like spoken about and that was the point of also putting these um, musicians and sound people in the gallery because they don't get to have discussions about mm. their sound mm. like they are often just kind of happy to play to five people at a pub or yeah. like whatever and, and people know them to go see them but people don't actually um mull over like their practice like the the way that we we examine artists um so yeah it's it's nice to kind of play around with with those things so you've been writing stuff about them as well yeah uh, so so i've done like a few interviews with artists and some writing so um, that yeah were published so my most recent um, interview was with an artist Dominic Tellerico and he's from he's from Rudy Hill and I've known him for probably more than five years now and he's just someone that his music I really like it's pop and um, he doesn't fit in in like a punk scene or a dance music scene whatever's um, but he definitely has like DIY ethos and like um, and yeah I really like him and I like his song like the content of his it's like listening to Sade it's just like that's really classic and you're not doing much but it's doing a lot mm -hmm. like um, but people don't he's just like on the periphery of like whatever else is going on what um, is the DIY ethos? Um, well, I think it change it changes with each person. Like, so my my definition of DIY is going to be different to yeah. 
some cross punk person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I try to understand it as like um, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't necessarily want to commit to like operating within the systems that already there like I don't want to be a musician in this way I don't want to do like press shots I don't want to write like press releases and things um, but I want to do it so I'm just gonna book myself a show and with some friends and make a flyer and do it like that's awesome yeah so I, I like really this. like that stuff yeah it's like uh, enough self-reflection to know that I want to do the thing but that doesn't mean hmm all this other shit that other people tack onto it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember thinking that when I was like, oh, yeah, I want to dance. And someone's like, oh, you have to do ballet. I was like, I don't think I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's heaps of kick-ass dancers that I've seen that have only ever done Mm. their cultural dance or their their bedroom dance. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of uh, my kind of, like, base definition. Mm. And that where does that come from? That, like, I want to do it and I want to do it well enough that I can afford to keep doing it, mm. but I don't want to do it in a way that is already proven. Mm. Well, I think... Because um, it's, like, quite a yeah. trust in yourself and your reading of the yeah. world. And well, I think uh, I've been lucky enough to have just, like, entered, like, music scenes and communities that do that yeah so like it's It's not yeah like it's like um it's like yeah just kind of like hanging around like when I was 17 and just being curious and like what what are these people doing Mm. they don't know they don't they're not playing their instruments properly but people are like loving it it. yeah yeah and it's just like that's cool (laughs) like that I could do that too like um so yeah it's this thing of like yeah, it's like you enter some kind of consciousness that, like, you realise other people are kind of doing the yeah. same thing. So it's like, oh, it's not, it's not unachievable because um, these these people are doing it and they're yeah. just like they're not artists. They didn't go to art school. They they just have regular day jobs. Like, how does that um, fit in with gigs when you're DJing? Um, DJing. Is I guess it's a different access point. Like um, I started going to shows when I was quite young. Like I always liked seeing music, um, and I guess uh, when I learned how to DJ, it was because I was just hanging around, like on Oxford Street at like particular venues every week because I was like where you would go to socialise um, and yeah because I would travel out from the western suburbs I'd get there early I'd get there when like the door entry was five five dollars yeah, 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 or like whatever um, and then like after a certain point in the night it would change to like 15 or 10 or something so I'd get there early and there'd always be like some DJ on that didn't like they were just standing there and looking a bit bored or whatever and I would just kind of watch and like also kind of be like you're playing really not that good music (laughs) 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 and um and because I was like present enough I got to kind of meet people who organize and be like can I can I try it and, like, it was also a way for me to, like, just get into things for free. I'm like, oh, I'll DJ, like, the first day of the night because obviously no one wants to do it. Awesome. And, and, yeah, and you just teach me. And so, yeah, some people showed me how. And like, then uh, I, technically how? Also, like, um, just how kind to of, curate a playlist and who to uh, listen to? Because nah, that seems like two different skills. Yeah, I think, uh, no, nah, I directed, like, my own taste taste and <laughs> playlists and stuff like the reason I was wanted to is because I didn't like what they were playing like yeah. I was just like this is kind of I don't know yeah it's kind of a bit too obscure or something it's kind of too moody for the space like people are trying to 
go out and socialize when you're playing like the moodiest shit <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah they showed me technically like how to use the faders and swap from CD to CD and and that which was it was easy to pick up I don't I don't think I learned how to like beat match or anything until much later like I only feel like I'm starting to understand that now um, but yeah I could just kind of get away with like fading something in and out awesome. and because of the songs I was choosing it was fine mm. like because people liked it um, and yeah so I, I DJ'd around Oxford Street in my early 20s a lot um, uh, and I would be very happy to play the first set Mm. Um, just so I could get into places for free like um, and yeah I think I don't know over the years it has changed from like uh, like yeah I do like first sets of of the night and then um, people would start asking me to do kind of like other hours in the night that like require like kind of like some kind of dance floor Mm -hmm. uh, vibe or something and so I do them and yeah like I don't know I was just playing like the hits like nostalgic stuff but I guess in the early 2000s the majority of the music that was getting played on like a dance floor at 11pm dance floor was like Ministry of Sound House Mm. so like when I played something from the 90s Or whatever, it just kind of changed the room, changed the space. Um, but I don't do that anymore so much, like because I think that now is the norm for a dance floor yeah. in 2018, where it's just like you're just gonna play the hits, yeah, the old R&B the hits. Yeah. Um, but then no one wants to listen to anything else. So it's yeah, it's been quite interesting to mm. see how the culture changes and yeah I remember when I started as well like no one wanted to listen to hip hop um wow yeah and I was like I'm playing Beyonce and I'm gonna play this and there were people that liked this stuff but like I guess because they were like kind of indie and hardcore crowd it was like uh this like identity thing like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, where they're like, like this it. is not part of my aesthetic so I can't enjoy Beyonce but I do like it like Weird. or whatever um, I, I find it yeah. hard to think about hip hop as being indie yeah um, because I grew up in Darwin yes yeah. my friend Tian who I've done a dance show with she put it really well where like mm. you're either in white pub rock culture or you're in black music culture Mm-mm. when she was growing up that's how she felt mm. and that's and she just had to make a choice what, like, did, oh, what did she choose she chose hip hop and rap yeah. and R&B and, <laughs> and then because I got into break dancing in Darwin and that's what I chose as well because mm. it's hard to dance to white music Mm-mm-mm. and so if you want any like visceral physical pleasure Mm-mm-mm, definitely yeah. Do people care about who the DJ is? Like, did people care that you're a woman DJ, or didn't matter? Um, or did it, I ma- think, did it make um, a difference to you? No, I don't think I like. I don't think they care. I don't. I, like, I feel like you know, some of the nights I go to, people are just buying tickets because it's like the thing to do on Mardi Gras or the thing to do on this long weekend. But then it was like. Mic break about bro culture, mic break about call out culture, and then it was like the end. Oh. <laughs> it was half an hour. We played a song in the middle, but I was like, I can talk about this for ages. Yeah. What do you feel like you didn't get to talk cover yesterday? Oh, uh, I think that I, you know, I was speaking quite generally um, about kind of my experience of it and. And, like, yeah, it was just, like, I understand it as this. Yeah. That's bad. The end, like, and I spent so much time kind of mulling over the questions because 
the presenter had sent me something a week prior. Okay. And I was like, I can, like, <laughs> I can really talk about it. On yeah, this. yeah. Um, and yeah, like I think that you know it's good to talk about. But this was on agenda. Uh, no, oh, it was on just the morning show with oh, Alex right. Pye. Oh, cool. It was good. Like, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of find that the way that I have kind of like educated myself about bro culture mm. is kind of being able to sit down with someone and listen to them talk through their experiences mm-hmm. and like really getting t- to like these like nuances of like why something feels wrong. Mm. Um, which, yeah, in that interview, like, we didn't really have the space to do. So it's nah. just like, bar culture is bad. <laughs> Very annoying. Um, it's about, you know, people keeping power. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we, we kind of brushed on, like, music festivals and all-male lineups and talked about safer spaces. But I don't, I was just like, I don't really use that terminology like I think it's it's good to want like Mm. but I think the people that use it just use it to be able to sell drinks at their bar yeah right um, what's a better thing to want um it's just to want to respect the people around you Mm. um yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was quite short. Mm. And was it? Is it something that you've been thinking about a lot, or did? Oh yeah, I think about it quite a lot. Like I guess you know, if we you know talk about double vision, yeah, you know that space X's out a lot of bro culture. I just call them jocks, but but like yeah, like a jock is less likely to want to go to an art gallery to see music at one p.m. in the afternoon on a Mm. Saturday Mm. than a pub or some venue Mm. at ten p.m. Like for sure, because it's not like if we if we say safe space, it's actually not a safe space for them. Yeah, it's not their space. Yeah, it's not their space. I remember. Yeah. When I was trying to make this dance show about detoxifying masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> and the first time we did a showing of it, it was in a theatre, and I was like, hang on, this is all wrong. Yeah. The men that I want to come and see this show are not coming to this theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we ended up doing it on a shipping container just out mm. in public, and so you were never um, mm. forced to make a choice to cross a threshold, basically, mm, mm, into mm. a space that wasn't yours. Yeah. So I guess there's safe spaces for everybody. I think... I like that. It's like... I think, yeah, when you kind of set out to to be like, I want this to happen, so these people that I find problematic will Mm. see, like, it function and want that too. Mm. But you almost have to trick them, like... And be like, oh, yeah, it's just like a bill with, like, ten guys. Come. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all the lineup just take on hell bro sounding DJ names yeah, for the yeah, night yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> You do have to trick them. Like, it's just, like, yeah, it's just yeah. this, like, unconscious thing. Where yeah. Well, I guess like, we get tricked all the time about... Yeah. Like thinking that we know what we want and then actually getting what we need. Yeah, and yeah. And they're totally different things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like i got to trick myself to exercise. Yes. I just like... Mm. My sister puts it really well. She's like, I don't want to exercise and know that I'm exercising. Yeah. But if I go out to a dance party, yeah. I'll dance for like five hours. Mm, mm. I used to do that so much. I have like no dance floors. I don't oh, know no. where's like the spot. I went to Palms recently. Yeah. And that was fun. That was like I hadn't I hadn't gone. I knew it had a reputation. like it was just like the gym music playlist <laughs> in the club. Okay. And it was so fun. And I yeah, it just ended up staying out until a ridiculous hour. Yeah, right. Um I think it was like the twenty fifth of January. So like all these people were out wearing like Australia 
day. Oh, like flag paraphernalia. Yeah, there was some. And then the venue also just had like Australian flags, like little flags hanging around. Yeah, right. And my friend and I just like dance and then we jump up in the air and like rip them off the rip wall. Rip the flag down. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, flags are a weird thing in the first place. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a mate of mine, Thomas Kelly, he is a choreographer and also has Indigenous lineage, and he gave me a Indigenous flag T-shirt, mm. and I still don't know where I should wear it or if I should wear it because mm. I wouldn't wear any other flag. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, it's hard to navigate. I guess yeah. I'm quite critical of flags. Uh, oh, I think like I guess in recent years mm. in the DIY scene, there's been a real like shake up, and especially like punks and stuff, where people are like. You guys are all white guys whinging about nothing. You don't care about indigenous people. You don't care about anything. Like, you literally... Yeah, you have all this privilege and you, you act oppressed, but you're not. So um, there's been... Yeah, and because of that, uh, people are, like, trying to do the right thing and educate themselves and, and wearing, like, indigenous flag shirts around, mm. like, playing shows and stuff trying to acknowledge land in in their like events and um and yeah um and it's like it's good in this way um that you're trying but it's also like you're still taking up the same space Mm. um and like what yeah, like I kind of question that, like how how are you an ally mm. because you're just wearing a sh- like because you're wearing a shirt like but what do you do? What what do you do in your everyday or whatever that isn't like resharing some Facebook posts um, or you know like mm. what is it that you do for like indigenous communities? Because mm. that's yeah you yeah. Know, I just think it's yeah. it's like um, everything gets politicised. Mm. But even, like, I'm sure I've got some Scottish heritage and if I looked, there'd probably be a coat of arms or something that would mm. also be mine, but I yeah. wouldn't wear that. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't wear the Australian flag and I wouldn't wear the Indigenous flag. It's like flags at all Yeah. Uh, speak of taking a political stance that is always against someone or something. Mm. Mm. which is just to say I haven't solved it I don't know what I think about it Yeah. I just know that it's easy to choose there's two choices and one is to like one and hate the other and the other choice is to like the other one and hate the other one Mm. Mm -hmm. and I feel like neither of those are helpful Mm. what if you wore every flag (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome That'd be pretty epic. Even when um, the Yes No campaign was going on, and there were like, beca- I think because there were rainbow stickers and flags and things mm-hmm. um, that that asked for or warranted, not it didn't validate, but it made people feel legitimate in having no flags and mm. no stickers mm. and like putting graffiti up around the place Mm-mm. and so there's something about the like polarization that sets us back a little bit because it whips whips people into a frenzy and makes them dig in harder yeah yeah which i guess is what you're saying about like venues talking about safe spaces and that it's like that's not actually what we need is to revolutionize everything maybe we we just need people to be aware of their default settings. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Or, I mean, familiarity is comforting. Yeah. So if you've done something before, you're more likely to do it again. Yeah. And change is always a risk, even if it makes sense. Yeah. Or, like, you you understand it, but you know there's someone above you or in your team or below you that you're going to have to fight. Yeah. 
and then everyone wants to mitigate their risk so they wipe their hands or something, mm. which I guess mm. is why DIY is so awesome because you're like, mm. what else can fail? I'm already broke artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about the another thing I Facebook stalked you on was the like getting girls trained in tech stuff yeah so i work as a facilitator um for a program called all girl electronic yeah uh, that's out in Parramatta, yeah. uh, information and cultural exchange and um i've been working with them for two years and it's like yeah they're, they're short like eight week programs where we do a call out and it's it's supposed to be for uh youth younger women, trans and non-binary people um, from 15 to 25 years of age who want to learn how to use music production software. That's cool. Um, so we teach them how to use Ableton, but we also just hang out um, and we get mentors to come in. So mm-hmm. people who exist in like radio, or media, music industry to talk about their experiences and how they na- they have navigated the world and how they fell into their practice. Um, and, yeah, by the end of it, it's it's quite cool to see these, um, these people kind of realise, like, oh, like, I don't have to kind of go to uni if I don't want to. Mm. Like, I can access facilities through volunteering at radio stations or... I can make a podcast now. I don't need to be trained in some mm. some way. Like um, so, yeah. It's really nice. Um, we just closed the call out on Monday, and we're gonna start mid March. So next week, next week. Yeah, we're signing this week. Um, so what do you do? Like you get a bunch of <clears throat> basically non-straight white men, like mm. almost everybody else. Mm. And it's like a uh, like a schoolroom environment, and there's computers um, and stuff. No, or it's not really. It's like a workshop yeah. more than a school. We try and like not do the school vibe. Yeah. Um. So it it's a uh, like one class runs like in the evening, mm-hmm. and then the other one runs on like a Saturday morning. That's cool. Um, and they're like they go for like three and a half hours, and and everyone's got an individual machine, or you like yeah, share and yeah. swap. Um, oh, everyone, there's enough. So we, it's only a small class, so yeah. you know, max like fifteen in a class. So cool. everyone gets a computer, and we've got some gear, like we've got like MIDI controllers and cool. stuff. Um, and yeah, we kind of take them through like very basic like navigation of the program and how to like write a bar of music and how to loop that bar of music and then how to change all the like settings and put effects on it and stuff and then we just kind of leave them to their own devices and and with each mentor that comes in like that that mentor will share a skill yeah um and, and show people like little tricks and yeah we yeah we talk about it's kind of directed by them like so, like last year you know there was a lot that came through that like had been making music in some way or form maybe not electronic music they just played in a rock band in mm. high school or whatever and they were like how do you master a track yeah. or like how do you mix what's that yeah. and so we we got in people who could talk about that that's and, cool like, um yeah and yeah and because of that as well like um the the kids have become like yeah they're just like confident in themselves to just even ask that mentor like Mm. hey can you master my track like like i'll pay you like or whatever and like and it's happened and so one of the students clarissa may has just like released a single like the other week and played a festival um, like Secret Garden Festival, so she's just like, yeah, killing it. Yeah, she's like a gun. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it, yeah, we try and not pressure people. Like we're like, we don't want you to like come out of this program like releasing hit singles mm. and 
whatever it's like if it's just a hobby that's cool have your hobby time like, yeah right uh, if you're more interested in like composition or mm. or like remixing and de- mm. like yeah there's like a lot of interest in DJing um, or, and like uh, more uh, like a growing interest in like hardware so like mm. not even using computers and using like drum machines and cool. and synths and stuff so we just yeah sometimes we'll just take instruments over or like if you've bought something and don't know how to use it bring it in bring it in That's and we'll cool. sit together and figure it out and where yeah. do where do the people come from that want to learn? Most of them are from Western Sydney. It's for Western Sydney kids. Mm. Um, there's like a few that are like not from the area, but because we we thought they will fit in mm. based on their application, we're just like yeah. Mm. Like, um, but yeah, they're all yeah. I think majority. Um, have yeah they they all kind of like go to gigs and stuff like they have a, their own like social life that like revolves around music and mm. and stuff which is cool but they don't have like a scene or like or whatever like yeah um they're just like yeah I put my stuff on SoundCloud but like I don't know like, yeah yeah um yeah I was like, talking yeah. to someone about the like beatboxing community is really disparate because you can learn all the things from YouTube mm. these yeah. days and so you don't have to find people and so you then you end up being quite lonely actually yeah, yeah. and you're not developing your skills while you're developing your mm. uh, I guess community yeah yeah what do you think about the Sydney community because you make it like I would say you make a lot of it happen not okay (laughs) how could I word that better you make a lot of shit happen and it brings very different groups of people together all the time around music and people that don't always have spaces where they can come together anyway Mm um I I really like what goes on in Sydney like I think there is yeah just this like I've been lucky enough to meet the right people Mm. um and yeah like there's a lot of exciting things happening that yeah like I don't even have the space to participate in but I know it exists and I fully support it um and I think it's hard because it's like yeah it's like you find this kind of nice thing to go to and then it's just kind of like overshadowed by a bunch of uh other people taking up space that isn't necessarily having to do with communities at all but more to do with like social capital and uh money or whatever but um yeah like i i you know, I go in and out of, like, being frustrated about it and then not caring at all. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of work in in a capacity that I know that I'm able to mm. treat everyone, like, to have, like, a nice time and not, like, ask a lot from people and then have them feel, like, totally neglected after, like, which I think is a lot of experience of like artists and musicians, uh, like just kind of smaller, smaller kind of projects that do good work but don't have the platforms to really like get paid or or whatever. So when those people do come along, they like jump on them, but they're not treated very well. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really annoying when you kind of have all this correspondence with people online or on in your email and they're really nice and then like you rock up to whatever you're booked for and they can't even no one says hello to you and mm-hmm. you don't even know where you're supposed to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. um like yeah that's i think poor form. yeah it's just like that stuff uh, you know the small things count like and yeah there's a lot of people that undo 
undo work by treating people that way because you you're basically burning people <laughs> like um, but yeah so yeah I don't know I I really like Sydney like I'm I'm weirdly Sydney proud hmm. it's like it's shit yeah it's hard but there's there's like a lot of people around that make it so worth it mm. but like you forget about that stuff and yeah it's good I won't move to Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> good thank you yeah <laughs> yeah what's your I think you're right that it's shit and it's hard but then mm. like obviously there's hope Mm. So I wonder what's your biggest hope for the efforts that you put in uh, with making stuff yourself and then with organising other uh, things so that other people can make stuff. I don't know. Um, I hope that what I do and what my friends do and like mm. the energy that we all put in is going to appeal to like our 20 year old selves you know like mm. and keep it moving like so that's pretty much it like it's just kind of like uh, it's not gonna last forever but it can exist in some form that younger people would know how to navigate mm. um, I like this idea of making yeah. your younger more idealistic self proud yeah 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 yeah. it's like if I was 20 again where would I hang out like what nights would I like you know kind of see online or whatever and be like that looks cool Mm. I'm going there what the hell is this Mm. Um, and yeah that's it nothing nothing too ambitious that's pretty grand (laughs) yeah uh, and I also, just because I imagine you have been thinking about this more than I have and would know more about it, want to ask you and tell me if you don't want to talk about it, mm. about uh, what I can think about in terms of taking up space. Because mm. I'm taking up space. Mm. I don't really know you, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, but I um, think I'm speaking on behalf of myself or my brother or my mates or What whatever. white men can do. I don't know if it's even that. It's like I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't worked out what is the best way to ask this question. Mm. But... If I listen to the, discuss, the like the discourse, the discourse is about the spaces being taken up even by the people that are in agreement with mm. the efforts that are happening. Mm. But then I also want to um, come and support or Mm-mm-mm. not come or also like work alongside or with the people that I that are my heroes musically and mm. and that, and then then I am once again taking up space on the lineup if that ever happens. But, mm. Mm. but I also, mm. that would be uh, like a musical dream rather than a... Yeah. I think maybe, I don't know, yeah. It's always nice to be able to like show support for like the people you admire. Mm. But that doesn't have to come in the form of, like, collaborating. It can just be a friendship. Mm. That's support. Like, having dinner with someone who's working really hard, uh, who's, like, practice your support, is support. Mm. Like, you don't have to envision that you are helping them out by collaborating with them or trying to make them work with you yeah don't you want to work with your like not heroes but like people that you think are doing awesome stuff aren't you like Uh, oh it'd be cool to do something with them uh, or you'd approach it more like it'd be cool to make a space for more people to come and experience them yeah i 
I just want to make friends with people. I'm pretty happy <laughs> yeah. to just stay out of the picture, uh, but be like, "Come, I'll organize a show for you." Like, mm. um, stay at my house. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I who do I even like musically? Uh, I know. Yeah, I feel like the people that I really love in the music world are my. I've made them my friends. Like mm. I've just like come up and been like, "I love you." <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good icebreaker? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's just that. That's just fact. So, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, who are the celebrities? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I even think yeah. about. There's a breakdance crew that I'm in, and we're not breaking so much anymore, but that's how we mm. formed a, a, to be a group of friends. Yeah. And am I, by being in that crew, am I taking up space that somebody else could be in that crew Mm-mm-mm. that isn't in, like, you know, well, isn't if you've been like invited, the visual marker? Like, if you have been... But I invited myself. Yeah, right. You should... Which I think a lot of the time... Yeah. You need to do. Yeah. I guess. And not everybody feels like they can. Mm-mm. But those of us who feel like they can invite themselves, invite themselves and then they're there. Mm-mm-mm. Taking up space. Yeah. How, but like if no one's kind of expressed any qualms with you being there, mm. I think that your company is wanted. Great. Unless they're like, who's that guy? Who, who's that guy? <laughs> or unless they thought, who's that And it's really easy guy? to... F- pick those vibes when like someone's like who the fuck are you <laughs> like and you're just like I just came because I like you <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I guess you know with taking up space and stuff it's like if you're wanted somewhere you will know mm. like it doesn't take two seconds to realise someone's giving you side eye like um, people are pretty protective about space even more so now which is good because it's like, particularly for pox, like it's resistance to to uh, to this kind of colonial attitude that everything is to be had. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I like that. Like sometimes you have to learn in an unpleasant way, um, but that's that's how you learn. If mm. you're always comfortable, you're not learning anything. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm big on like getting invited to stuff. Like it's nice. It's like yeah, I will definitely come. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that I then worry about when the when everybody becomes more resistant. Mm. And space has become more fractured and less <coughs> permeable. Mm. Which is not to say that there's not always times when different communities need their spaces. Mm-mm-mm. But um, it's it could also become like a default mechanism that I shouldn't walk through Lewisham, for example, or mm. like mm. in the way that it would have been at a certain time in different parts of New York. And yeah, like, right, right. Depending on how you look, it's not safe for you to be here regardless yeah. of your history and your family ties and your outlook and your opinion yeah. and your support. Um, that seems like a dangerous... Like, slippery. Mm. It seems slippery. I think, though, that bubbles eventually pop, right? Like, yeah. you cannot... Like, if if someone is willingly kind of, like, sticking to a certain routine to for whatever reason like you know there are things outside of your control that are inevitably going to change and so you know that might be being called out or you get old and die and no one is there to carry on your weird habits like uh, you you yeah like you can't control that stuff so like the best way to navigate it is to be open to 
responding to what's going on around you. Mm. Um, like, it's a pretty, like, yeah, it's like, it's such a shit fight to live in Sydney. Like, um, you know, you can't, yeah, it's like just how drastic, like, the environment is changing. Like, you can't feel secure. Like, I think feeling secure. Like, if you... Security and, like, things like that are, like, a fantasy. Like, you know, unless you're really powerful. Mm. Like, in which that case, you're not invited. (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely think, think about how, like, South Park has got some great um, political commentary, like mm. sarcastic political commentary about how <clears throat> all these Trump voters have worked out that he's a douchebag, but they they can't say that they fucked up. Mm. And so they just dig their heels in and then just yeah. become really defensive. Mm-mm. And that I see that happening, that... Mm. That if someone's like, you're not allowed here, I'm going to be like, well, mm. then you're not allowed here. Yeah, yeah. Even more. Yeah. And that seems yeah. like a very logical response and at the same time not taking us forward mm. together. Well, it's just this stalemate. Stalemate. It's true. Yeah. It's the full standoff. Yeah. And unfortunately, the people in power end up with like the bigger compounds in yeah. the standoff. I watched this very short clip, uh, maybe like right after Trump was elected, and it was this some um, like country farm guy, mm. and this person, this journalist or whatever, was like, you know, you are a Trump voter. Look what has happened. It's not even like a month into his like term. And he's done this, like, do you agree with this? And he was like, look, I get it, he's an asshole, but he's my asshole. Like, I voted him in and I'm going to accept, like, the bad things he does and, like, all this shit. And then the journalist was like, do you have a daughter? And he was like, yeah, she's, like, whatever age. And then he was like, would you let Donald Trump near your daughter? And then he was like, no. (laughs) And it's just like there are yeah, there's like so much going on in the, in those like few sentences that's just like this so intense like mm. and but those are attitudes that are here like for sure and it's just like far out <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Is there anything I haven't asked you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we've been, we've covered heaps. Well, you make, I feel like you do a fair amount of things. Yeah. And it's been interesting to hear how they all coincide. Yeah, they definitely, um, yeah, take away, give and like take from one another. Mm. And I think it's nice to have like a few things going on because then I don't get tired or like bent out it's like oh like I have this idea I'm going to explore that in an artwork instead of put on a thing Mm. or whatever so that's nice to do um yeah makes it a bit more manageable yeah at least if one thing's going down in flames it's not everything yeah yeah. What's your process when you have a, an idea for an artwork? Um, like, do you already know that it's awesome? Or do yeah, you... <laughs> no, I, I do... I think uh, kind of like post-uni, when I am mulling over something, I just talk to someone about it. Mm. And if it, it becomes a grander conversation, then I'm like, okay... 
there's something here that can be expressed through material mm. and then just kind of go through a process of um, being like well where is it gonna be and why should it be there um, but yeah I I'm actually working on a proposal for space in Canberra um, and and basically it's like an examination of like the idea of a community and what that means mm. um, so like I think that by defining yourself as part of a community you are trying to create a space that's like good good for the needs of people certain people in this community but then you're in the same in the same sentence when you say that you are a member of a community you are saying that someone doesn't fit a criteria mm. um, so yeah I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm mulling over that at the moment and, and this was uh, kind of realised when I went to a dance party and uh, all these like straight dudes rocked up lots of like fights and re- weird like drunken behaviour were happening in a at this club night that I frequent and I, I considered to be a space that I I'm comfortable in because it's a queer venue and whatever and this night just felt really chaotic and uneasy and tense and the organizers um and the organizers you know took on the feedback and they're like yep you know what happened last night you know there were a lot of people there that weren't they that are not kind of part of this community and we're gonna work on um making the next one better so the next one came around and it was like unless you were invited like or on some kind of list then you could get in but if you weren't if you had no one to kind of vouch for you and add you to some list then you were denied and I saw people like being denied like this being um like carried out on the night and I was like that's that's really hard to swallow as well because it's like you know when you think about young people or like even just like your younger self navigating different spaces and trying to find the the one that is good you often are like a blow-in like yeah and you're really yeah. uh vulnerable yeah. as a blow-in as well yeah yeah so so yeah it's just kind of like and you know for a queer a queer party and a queer night um that's kind of hard like what you know you came out, out all the way from the burbs just to like see what this is and be told no mm. that kind of puts a stop on how you explore your identity and stuff so it's very, yeah, I've just been thinking about that and, like, how that would work in an artwork, mm. like, how those ideas come out in an artwork, but hopefully I get this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um... Have you been to these kind of nights in other countries? No, I've I've not travelled as an adult. Okay. Um, I have been to Melbourne, Canberra, Adelaide, and Tasmania. Brisbane? Did I say Brisbane already? Uh, I've been to, like I went to the states when I was a kid, okay. and we did like the Disneyland and yeah. Fox Studios stuff. I'm just wondering about yeah if. Uh, groups of straight white dudes feel the need to get into a fight in every country in Mm. every like predominantly white or western country Mm. or if it's particularly um, post-British 
Yeah. Like the it's like a particularly British thing and inherited from that culture where like you'll either find someone and go home with them or you'll find someone and fight them. Right. I think uh any place that has masculinity issues will have that. Yeah. I've been trying to work out how to how what are the issues rather than throwing masculinity out because mm-hmm. I feel like there's some usefulness in masculinity mm. but there's there's no need for it to be and it hasn't always been as toxic as it is Mm-mm-mm. I think uh, yeah it's an identity like yeah that you know some people feel attached to yeah. just like being queer or mm. being black or being whatever but there are ways to be that that don't impede other people yeah and That's also <laughs> your own true self as yeah, well yeah, right? exactly. like when you were talking yeah. at the start about yeah knowing that you were going to make music but knowing that that didn't have to mean writing press releases yeah 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 and you're like okay you can be masculine and you don't have to be a dick <laughs> you don't have to write a press release for your masculinity <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Please. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But I think that's um yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's trying to work out who they are, and so they look to mm. who everybody else is and how they are. Mm-mm-mm. And then yeah. They're like, oh, "Okay, okay, I'll just do that." Mm. When you, especially when you're talking about young people, like they don't, yeah, know. Well, they're just kind of sponging. Yeah, sponging everything, yeah. and it's like what we give them to sponge from. Mm-mm. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it wasn't until like I was like 26 and 27 that I was like, whoa, all this stuff's really not pleasant. Mm. I'm moving on, mm. like, but I would go because that's what everyone else was doing. I would show up to stuff and be like, this is good. And, you know, there are aspects of particular scenes and things that were good and then just some that I didn't get but would never challenge. And I think now I'm more in a place where I'm like, I didn't like that. Mm. And you're going to tell me why that keeps happening. Like, I'm going to sit down with you and interrogate you basically mm. because I think that's shitty um, whereas before I'd just be like yeah shit happens I don't know like yeah so yeah I think yeah I think if you you know had I kind of I don't know yeah I don't know like it's very different to it's very different for everyone when they come into like a certain consciousness of themselves um but I think that, you know, carving out spaces that you can explore those things that are, like, nice to be in is always going to be better than, like, a fucking pub where people are just punching each other in the head. Mm. Like, um, that's boring. It's really boring. <laughs> It's. Uh, I was listening to a dude talk about how we have motivations, and then we and we rationalise to ourselves why we want things to be certain ways. Mm. But there's always a more selfish motivation underneath that mm. that we sometimes are not even aware of for ourselves. Mm. And and this signalling that goes on. Mm. He was talking about that. There's been such a history of men needing to signal their social worth through the ability to fight. Mm. Mm. And that he's really excited that there are now other ways for men to signal their social worth by being Mm. nurses or by being rock stars or by being, um, like, doctors or whatever. That there's a... That if there is other ways to feel valid Mm -hmm. the options grow (laughs) yeah and that actually the fighting was never about fighting Mm. it was just about 
an adrenaline wanting to be well I think just wanting to be part of a community and if that's what your community does you've got to be good at that thing yeah 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 and definitely the adrenaline comes with it I've been in situations where I've felt very like I would have felt validated to be violent but then I luckily know that that drains away and then you never yeah yeah. The validation drains away, but the act mm. still has been burned in your mind. Yes. <laughs> the regret part yeah. of the brain. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting what you said about like okay, how to that's that venue that happened and like mm. Why were all these dudes there if it wasn't their space? And why did they mm. well, I think, start uh, fighting about it? And it was like the lineup that was chosen. It was like a number of things. Which would have signaled to them that this is a yeah. space where you can come yeah. and get drunk and have a fight. And, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it was a strange evening, but it's kind of... But then you got to think... I imagine that, like, there must have been at least some of those guys that would have rather just make out with somebody oh, yeah. than getting a punch up. Yeah, but who wants, who, which queers want to make out with straight <laughs> men? <laughs> Maybe there are some yeah, fantasies. Sure. I don't know. Absolutely. There probably is actually. Now. And who knows how many of those straight yeah. men just haven't worked out yeah. yet that they're not straight men? Yeah. And so I would love keep... that. That would be like the fucking ideal situation where it's like oh these straight men are here and then by the end of the night they're just making out with each other I would love that <laughs> is this going into the artwork do you think um, yeah it's like hey um, you need a co- I'm just gonna do a call out for like homophobes oh, and yeah, just right. lock them in a room together and be like have fun <laughs> <laughs> these are your ingredients <laughs> Now move forward. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I really... And on the other end of that, I feel like that it's a shame within homophobia to not be able to tell your mate how much they mean to you. Mm. Yeah. That would... That is shit as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody's paying a price mm. when there's toxicity within and and... Definitely. Like exclusivity within communities. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also have gone to a few nights or clubs with my queer friends because that dance floor I know is going to... Pop. Yeah. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> really pop. And, like, if you don't want the R&B inside, then it's the pingers outside, like the different... Yeah. In Perth especially, I remember, like... Yeah. Being in a dance show, making a dance show all day, every day, and just not feeling like I had danced enough mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we were working. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's go out to a place where we're not going to get in a fight and we're not going to get groped and we mm-hmm. can have a dance. Mm-hmm. But then that's me inviting myself into those spaces as well that are not made for me but mm-hmm. are also hopefully uh, welcome me because I'm there for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is there, just to finish on, is there anything that you, like an epiphany that you've had or something that you try and remind yourself of when you're making work or organising events or Um, surviving Sydney? (laughs) I did, uh, I downloaded this, like, tarot card app. Cool. And you just, like, the card shuffle on the screen um, and then you just think of whatever and then you choose your card and I got this card I can't remember what it was but when you read the kind of explanation of it it said something like you know it's 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 good to be able to express uh, express your thoughts and stuff and and sometimes um when that happens they can be quite cutting for like the people around you um which inevitably makes it hard for like people to swallow and be around and 
and all this stuff and then it just said like it is possible to be honest and kind mm. like as a reminder mm. um so i've i've definitely like carried that around for like the last couple of weeks where i'm just like god god stop being mean <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i appreciated that thank you phone app it's called galaxy tarot awesome <laughs> was that before or after the love and protest dance party after after right yeah yeah because that seems like it's already wrapped up in that idea of love and protest that protest is not about spreading hate yeah was that your idea the name of the the bar is that what it's called, Love and Protest? Um, I think it was. It had like an, a historical precursor. Mm. Um, and But that was organised by Mardi Gras. Okay. So it was an exhibition um, at NAS. Yeah. And part of the programming um, had like panels and stuff. And per, per panel there would be like a small bar with a DJ for people to just kind of sit and chat or boogie. Cool. Um, but yeah, the night that I did was pretty dead. There was like no mm. one there. Oh, there were like some people sitting on the grass, but okay. they had made like a dance floor. And I was just like, you should just put some chairs there because I don't think anyone's dancing. Yeah. Right. It doesn't feel like the, the demographic. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I just got to play music for five hours, which is nice. Do you enter a kind of zone when you're doing that for that long? Yeah, yeah. When I'm left alone, like if I have to socialize while I'm doing it, I kind of just like get by with like, this song is long enough okay. for me to kind of have chats and, yeah. and whatever. But yeah, I've definitely been in a zone before where I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> trying to put Janet on next <laughs> needs to beat match <laughs> I'm not taking requests yeah yeah cool yeah thanks Del well thanks for talking to me it's nice <laughs> <laughs>